Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. I'm back. Garrett. Let's go. Finally. For a couple weeks until 4th of July break. <laughs> we going again. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it's kind of in, t- in the dead period. What was now. the fine that you got, by the way? What was the what? The fine. The Man- fine. It's mandatory minicamp. Mandatory oh, yeah. minicamp. Oh, yeah. So that hey. means you have to be here. Yeah. And you weren't fine. here. Uh, I'm not I'm not allowed to hit the peanut butter uh, machine. They took that away? Those privileges uh, away? I, I, my privileges on the peanut butter. Peanut butter privileges gone. Yeah. For Good. a week. It's Good. Week. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough week. I'll have to grind through it. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, that's the punishment. All right. What about OJ? You can still get the OJ? Still get it. Come on. Okay. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> this isn't capital punishment. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, we've kind of hit the uh, slow period of the NFL calendar. Um, the only slow period of the NFL calendar when uh, players, coaches, staff members go on vacation, if you haven't done so already. Um, and... Really, it's just to kind of rest up before training camp. So leaves us a lot of time to kind of break down the roster, where things stand now, uh, how it's going to shape up before training camp and whatnot. So as always, we can find things to talk about. You and I. Of course. We never have trouble finding things. <laughs> um, so today, what we're going to do is kind of the biggest remaining unanswered questions about the 2023 Ravens coming out of minicamp. Like Mm -hmm. here are the questions that are still need to be answered during training camp before the season kicks off. Right. And, uh, and we have a pretty good list here. Yeah. I have eight down here. Okay. So Garrett, where do you want to start? I think, um, you want to start with the offense. Okay. I think, you know, I think there's some individual position battles and discussions that we'll have. Sure. But let's start, High level. Okay. I think the question for this offense, I think, in a lot of ways, is how quickly it can become what Todd Munkin wants it to become. Right. What he envisions. And they've been, they've gone to work this offseason implementing his system and in talking with like Roquan Smith when we had him on the podcast, he's like, oh, yeah, it looks a lot different. Like it is a mm-hmm. different offense. It feels different. It looks different route concepts. It is just a different looking offense. Yeah. And so I think that's exciting. But it, I think it remains to be seen how quickly everyone can get up to speed. There's been guys in and out over the course of the offseason. The receiving core has been dealing with injuries. The running back core has been sidelined. Mm-hmm. So the offensive line, the only time we really saw the entire offensive line together was minicamp. So the offense as a whole has mm-hmm. not had much time as yeah, I'm a not, cohesive I'm not, unit. Yeah, I'm not really concerned about the offensive line. I'm not either. Yeah, more what it is to me is the te- it's a faster tempo. 
and it requires a lot more communication. Lamar is has kind of taken the reins in terms of you know calling out different route mm-hmm. concept changes. You know, changing routes for wide receivers. Um, you know, there's just a lot of communication, much more that goes inside Monk's offense, and the the faster speed requires more precision, right? And um, and so and. You know, it's execution, execution, execution. Ronnie Stanley talks about it. It's like Todd Munkin is all about honing in on the execution. That's the focus and getting everybody kind of executing on the same page. I mean, that's every OC, but that's what Ronnie pointed to. My point here is that it's not just that it's a different offense. It's that I think the the differences in the offense, the type of offense it is, up-tempo, a lot of communication, requires the pieces within that offense to get a lot of reps at it, to get good at it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you got to be on the same page together, working cohesively and working fast and doing it quickly. And to your point, we haven't seen... The, the starters on offense really haven't been together at all. They haven't, period. I mean, if you, if you were to put the 11 starters right now on offense and you just put that on a piece of paper... Those 11 guys haven't played together yet in practice, yeah. period. Because J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards haven't taken part in 11-on-11. 11 11. Rashad Bateman hasn't done 11s. Uh, you know, Zay Flowers has been nicked up. Uh, OBJ, you know, was kind of limited in minicamp in, in three days of minicamp. Yep. Um, so a lot of your big-time weapons there haven't played together, mm-hmm. even in practice. So while I think the installation is going well, I think that the reps within that installation of the players that are going to be working together haven't occurred yet. Yeah, I think this is probably maybe putting it too simple uh, in terms of a difference with the offense, but I think this is probably true. Greg Roman's offense, there was a lot that was happening pre-snap in terms of motion and movement, Mm -hmm. but a lot of that was called in from the sideline or the booth. You know, Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. built into what they were doing. And... Lamar Jackson and other players have talked about how in Munkin's offense, he's putting, giving them more of the keys and it's going to be more of yeah. an up-tempo offense. And yep. so more on their plate. With, is there's more on their plate. And so it's with Roma's offense, there was a ton happening, all these right. m- movements and motion. And that was to done and to kind of reveal what the defense was doing where Munkin's is uses the speed and the tempo to, its advantage where Romans is not speed and tempo. I don't think it was as much Roman revealing what the defense was going to do. It was just like gaining number advantages at different points. Of the attack. That was part of it. That was part of it. I think, I think it was both. I think it was, it was trying to get real tendencies, but also the number advantage mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. And so when you have more on the, when you have the keys, you know, you need to make sure you know where the map is leading and you need to have a good feel for that. And everybody needs to be operating off of that same system. So I think that takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that's going to be something to watch in training camp is just basically like how quickly this group gets to a point where they feel confident in the system, where Munkin feels confident, giving them even more, you know, freedom, uh, feels confident going into a game and running more up-tempo. Like, if you're going to run up-tempo, there has to be constant communication and everybody needs to know what you're doing. And like, if there's, if you're not on the same page there, then that's when penalties happen and then you get backed up and then the up-tempo goes out the window. Yeah. And obviously the biggest component of that is the quarterback. And the fact that Lamar Jackson was here throughout OTAs was a really big thing. You know, I, I don't, we don't say that it's a remaining question in that, oh gosh, it's not going well. We're like, Lamar Jackson's been here. He really, really seems to like it. Uh, every player, offensively and defensively, have 
spoken very highly of Todd Munkin and of the system that he's installing. So yeah, like, like, I'm I think not, it's I'm going not, well. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that w- what we're both saying is that the players within, many of the starters within that system, need more practice getting really good at it. And it's just an unknown. It's a new yeah. system, new offense, new players. How's it going to come together? How's it going to come exactly. together? I mean, yeah. it's not like, it's not any sort of uh, indication that it's it's behind. Right. Um, so, in terms of the one of the big questions with the offense, as we kind of hone in on some of the different position groups, is receiver. So we saw Odell Beckham Jr. on the field for the first time in minicamp, and he went through some 11 on 11, which to me was really encouraging mm-hmm. that he, after being sidelined all last season, first practices, first time putting a uniform on again since the knee injury in the Super Bowl, he went through 11 on 11. Had the one hander. We put out the clip. He on did. Social media. He did. Well, that was like that was during a warm up portion of practice. Hey, so one hander is one hander. One hander. Hey, he makes it look good too. Um, so like. He, to me, Beckham looked good. He moved really well. Like, that was what I was looking for. Like, sometimes you see a guy get back from an injury and he's limited, he's hobbled. We've seen that at times. It did not look to be limited in terms of how he was moving, his burst and his agility. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. to me all seemed to be there, which I thought was really encouraging. Yeah. But just in terms of the receiving core, the question is basically health. Like, Rashad Bateman did practice during minicamp, had a cortisone shot in his foot. Um, so, how quickly does he get on the field for full team work? Mm-hmm. Zay Flowers, like, I, I'm not really worried about him from an injury standpoint, even though he did miss some time in the offseason with a soft tissue issue. But does he, like, is that something that lingers? Is he good to go? Uh, how quickly is he ready for an NFL, you know, offense and a heavy mm-hmm. workload? I just have questions about the receiving core, even though I think it's like the most talented receiving core the Ravens have had in a long time. The health of the group and how quickly they come together remains to be seen. Do you think we could, uh, this just, just hit me as you were talking about Zay Flowers. Do you think we should just now reference soft tissue issues as STIs? Just go, <laughs> he had an STI. Okay. You know, soft tissue issue. Okay. You can you can do that. Just a blanket. He had an STI. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you can try that. I I don't know if I feel like the STI is the way to go. No? It just like makes you think of UTI. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, all right. Very different issue. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I would say, no, I'm not You're on board with that. You personally crossed that one off. I might use it. Okay. I'm go. All right. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously in the offense where there's going to be more put on the wide receivers, right? Like certainly the run game is going to, you know, be a, they're still going to run the ball a lot, but they're going to run it less. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wide receivers are going to get a lot more targets. The fact that, you know, your first round pick is, has dealt with a little bit of injuries isn't the best. I agree. I'm not too overly worried about that. Bateman's really the biggest question mark. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's coming back from the foot. Now he has a cortisone shot. And so you just have to hope that he's feeling really good and ready to go at the start of training camp. Mm-hmm. I think that's the expectation, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and Bateman's a huge part of this going to be again, a huge part of this offense. It's not, he's not in the same position last year where it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, he's the clear number one. If he goes down where are you at situation, but he's a huge part of the offense for sure. And so that's going to really matter. And then, you know, the OBJ, like it was great to see him practice for the first time in a long time. You know, he hasn't played the game in a long time. You know, does he get any preseason action? Probably not. No. You know, I would um, be so it's really kind of getting back into game shape for him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting the chemistry with Lamar, you know, I mean, I think that was one interesting thing that Todd Munkin talked about was, what he wants to see Lamar and OBJ and he looks at OBJ as a guy who could really be a trust piece for Lamar Jackson. And I thought the, the word choice there trust was a big one. Somebody that Lamar 
like we've seen with Mark Andrews for years now, where Lamar trusts him, mm-hmm. you know, implicitly. Like, can he have? Can he develop that kind of rapport? With OBJ, where he has a wide receiver that, like, hey man, it's it's third and seven, and I know I can hit this guy. He's just he's going to get open. That's why he's here, and he's going to make those plays. Yeah, like you know, you have big play wide receivers and all these other guys, but can OBJ be that trusted dude who Lamar Jackson wanted this offseason? He wanted the Ravens. He expressed his desire to go get him. We got him. Do you can those two guys develop the chemistry where that he and Mark Andrews have or something close to it? That will be huge, yeah, for this offense if if that happens. And I think it's a good sign, and that Lamar Jackson and OBJ are going to get together before training camp. They said, yep, to kind of get together and work on that chemistry stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that chemistry will come together, and I feel like I always am kind of torn on like how much chemistry matters or is it just like you well ha- you're not torn when you see lamar hit mark well, andrews that's, the thing. Like, that's that's but but marco andrews also had great chemistry with tyler huntley and he had a great season his you know i would he, say not as good not as good but he still put up huge numbers with tyler huntley as his quarterback yeah over the well, past two andrews seasons is a great player so like i just think great period. players end up creating great chemistry and i think mm-hmm, that like mm-hmm. odell beckham is a great player yeah and i think that he will create great chemistry with lamar yeah, great players are going to make great plays. But I do think that there is something to chemistry as well. I There's something there. I just am not sure how much. I think it may be put maybe a touch really? too much on that. I do. I think that maybe a, a little bit too much is made of that. And I just think that like when if, if someone's open, it, I think it does trust matters. Oh. More is when they're not open. That's when you say see the Lamar to Mark plays. It's like when he's the not open. Those two guys, of- look, <laughs> Lamar and Mark have just a feel for each other, and there's something to be said there. So, like, I'm not saying there's no value on chemistry. I'm just saying I think when a if a if a great player comes in and is getting open, and the trust factor is big. But if they have that, then they make plays happen regardless of whether they have this great familiarity with each other. All right, that's my take. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the other position group real, really where we haven't seen the starters is running back. You know, mm-hmm. as we said, J.K. Dobbins did not participate in minicamp. Gus Edwards has been physically limited, uh, did individual drills and stuff, yep. I think, but not 11s. Um, looks good, looks mm-hmm. huge, strong, all that, but we haven't seen him. Yep. So in an offense that's going to run the ball a lot and, and really predicates a lot on the run, not having your two starting guys out there is not ideal. It's a question mark. Now, as long as Gus is healthy enough for training camp, JK's issue, sure, I think it's a question mark in that his health, like, is he, does he have that sixth gear, right? You just, you can go up to fifth. Do you, can you go to sixth? <laughs> uh-huh. Does he have that back? Yeah. Right, because that's what was missing at the tail end of last season. We, he, he, dude could find uh, green grass. You know, he could, he could get through the line, his vision, his cuts, all that stuff, like, awesome. Yep. But it, when he got to galloping, he couldn't hit top speed. Yep. And he even admitted that. So is that is he back to that? Is, is, is that kind of hitch gone completely? Yep. That remains to be seen. You know, all the other stuff, the, the contract extension possibility, all that stuff, like, I think that J.K., my expectation is J.K. Dobbins will be out there for training camp, and he'll be smiles and full go. It's mm-hmm. my expectation. We'll see. But that's my expectation. Um, hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, they 
get a contract extension done before training camp. Sure. Now that would be great. Mm-hmm. At the start of training camp, that would be. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, love JK. Um, but the the fact remains, there's question marks there at a critical position in your offense. Right. Yeah. I. I just. I guess I'm not too overly concerned about the running back group. Just because I think that this is turning into like a concernometer. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, how is, is it? Are you in the red? Is it yellow? Is it green? Where I'm like, at? I'm in the. We're pretty chill right now. I'm, You're yeah, in vacation mode. I'm pretty light yellow on the running back group. I just okay. think that like <laughs> light yellow, light yellow, very light the greenish yellow. Yeah, I just think that I, I I'm with you. I think that they'll be on the field both of those guys at training camp, um, and at the end of last year, both those guys looked really good. Now I agree, J.K. You know, there was that play, I think it was against Pittsburgh, where he got in the open field and he tried to turn it on. He didn't have that last gear. He didn't have that right. sixth gear that you're talking right. about. And so, is that back? That was like, he said, after that that second procedure, that was kind of like the last thing to really feel like himself again. But I loved his agility in short spaces. I loved the burst. Mm-hmm. I loved the vision, which he's always had. Mm-hmm. And so, all those things were there. And so, like, it's that one last piece, which is a big piece, to be able to break off a 50-yard run. You need to you have that ability. still break off 50-yard runs, but we're looking for... Uh, for 70? We're looking for the end zone, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to be able to to finish those runs. Um, and so, I, I think that, look, over the past few years, we, we've been all too familiar with business situations in the NFL and contract negotiations. Like, we've seen that. Right. Um, and it's worked out in a lot of those occasions. And I think that, um, I think that JK will have a really big season. Like, I just think that he, his biggest way to that big payday that he wants is to have a big time season this year. Well, the crazy part is the running back market, the way it is, Josh Jacobs just led the NFL in rushing yards and he's not getting his deal. So Uh, the question is how big a season, even if you have a big season, do you get the contract that you're looking for? Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. That's now the running back market is a difficult one. Now, of course, if he has a monster year, I would expect he would get more. Yeah. Than he would this offseason. But who knows when he might want to get paid now. Because yeah. it's always a question mark of when you get paid as a running back. Yeah. That is, the contract piece is very difficult. What kind of deal would he be looking for? What would the Ravens be willing to spend? That's a difficult piece. Yeah. And I'm not really sure where I, that where that lands. But what I do think is that he's going to have a really good season. I agree. And that both him and Gus are going to be productive runners for so the you're, you're light yellow on that light one. yellow just to back up uh, on the wide receivers and the health and all that where you i, I think it's more i think it's more of a, a yellow just a yellow just okay be, just a general yellow just a that. general yellow just because okay. they're coming back from i mean bateman's coming back from a major injury yeah. a major injury yeah. so like we just haven't seen him yeah. on the field yet full 11 on 11 coming and odell's coming back from a major injury so those are two guys yeah that have, odell or uh Bateman was going like pretty good in individuals. He was he wasn't but, eleven. It's different than eleven, yeah. but he was like pushing it in ele- in uh, individuals a little bit during yeah. OTAs. I thought so. I was encouraged by that. Yeah, I'm encouraged. Like I'm not. And then he obviously didn't practice in minicamp. Mm-hmm. So. I'm, going, I'm also going light yellow, light yellow on that one. You're going <laughs> full yellow, yellow, full light yellow. yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And and just before that, on the offensive, you know, I just want to make sure we got our our, oh, our, our colors, colors right, our red light. I here. think I don't know that I'm going to be red on anything. Well, we'll get to it. We'll see. All right. I feel so pretty good about on the Munkin offense, the, the chemistry, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I guess for anything that just I haven't seen yet, I'm just going yellow. So receivers on the field haven't okay. seen yet coming back from the injury, so yellow. Munkin's offense haven't seen it yet in terms of how quickly they get up to speed, so I'm just going yellow. 
but I've seen the running backs. I'm going green on the offense. Just <laughs> a straight green. No concern. Okay, good. You're always worried about everything. You're just a fretter. <laughs> I'm, just I'm a, not. I feel, I feel you're good. You're a nervous Nancy. No, I feel, I feel really good about where this team is right now. I just think they're going to be... I, I think this is going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They're going to be one of the best teams in the league. Okay. That's what I think. All right. All right. Let's go a little more nitty gritty. Okay. On the offense. We'll stay with the offense. We talked about left guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, at minicamp, there's kind of a, another wrinkle in this. Sala took the first team reps, the rookie sixth round pick. Um, so how do you kind of size up? left guard right now and and do you have concern about that uh, position i mean if i'm going colors i'm saying it's like a green i'm not worried Ooh, about that just because that's a gr- straight green be- because because there's a handful of good candidates there we were all worried about ben powers last year and then he wins the job and then ends up getting a big time contract in the offseason so like if I, we, I agree with that I, I don't think that you can just be like <laughs> one of these guys is Ben Powers. Ben Powers is like his own person. I don't think you can necessarily. I, now I, I, I you're playing agree. next to Ronnie I agree, Stanley. I agree in the fact that right, you're playing next to Ronnie Stanley, which helps. And between Tyler Linderbaum and Ronnie Stanley, which helps. And I am a believer in Joe D. Joe D. Alessandros and his just ability to groom these players. So I agree. It's not like, but I don't think you can just be like, yeah, they're just going to be Ben Powers, and then this offseason season they're going to sign one of the richest guard deals on the market. No, I'm not <laughs> saying that's going to be the case, but I just am not. I think that they will be able to find somebody to play that position and play it at a good level. And yeah, that's yeah. been the case. When I think you look like at the history, level, they don't have to be like Ben Powers top of the free agent market, but is it, can it be at a winning level? Like I feel very confident. Like they've that, had yeah. good guards play that spot. Like yeah. Bozeman played that spot before yep, he was a yep, center. Yep. Ben Powers played that spot. Yep. And like, it's been fine. It's not like the left guard has been this massive void that needs to be filled. And so I think that yep. whether it's Salah, whether it's John Simpson, whether Ben Cleveland, you know, mm-hmm. gets more in the mix there in training camp, like somebody is Fa-Lele good enough. They somebody they looked at is you know Falele is really interesting because he's just so big. It's, I think Falele is going to stay as your your guard or your tackle. I mean, really, you're primarily be, your backup right tackle. That would be the way I think too. And they, they gave him a look there just to see. Yeah. I mean, he's just such a big guy there that it would be surprising to me to see him end up in that spot. Mm -hmm. But you know, maybe Uh, I'm, I'm saying if I'm ranking the order right now, the Mm -hmm. pecking order of who I think is in the lead, I would say Simpson one, I'm going to go Sala two. Yeah. Cleveland three. Fa'alele. Between Falele and Cleveland, I think it's a close three. I think probably Cleveland three, Falele four. I would probably agree with that breakdown. I think if the season were to start today and they were to say, all right, John Simpson, you've started 21 games in your career, let's go ahead. You can put that... Right. We'll put that line out there. And and in any kind of emergency situation, uh, you always know that Pat McCary could step into that spot. Right. I just think that they like his versatility to back up. I agree. Any I think he's position. primarily the, lo- the backup left tackle, which yes. is a pretty important Very backup. important position. If Alele played there a little bit last year, too, yeah. he could if needed. Right. But I just think that like it's really nice, basically, if a guy goes down at any position, just to have McCarry ready to step in because offensive line would get hurt often. Right. You know, Even if it's just for a few series, he can step in and play well. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Um, all right. And then here's, here's a little under the radar one. The remaining question, I think, is at fullback. We have not seen Pat Ricard, uh, what, what's he, a four-time Pro Bowler now at right, this point, right. on the field at all. Uh, he had a hip procedure, off-season hip procedure. So, A, 
in what health is he going to be in when training camp rolls around in the season? Mm-hmm. How good a health is he going to be in it? And B, what's the role of the fullback? C, is it going to be the Ben Mason show? Ben Mason had a really nice catch uh, in minicamp. He had a pretty nice OTAs too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Mason has come on, I thought, I think kind of nicely. You know, Ravens drafted him, then he's on the, then he ends up in New England, then he ends up back here on the practice squad. You know, I, I think that, I still think Ricard ends up, you know, if they're keeping between him and Mason, I think they keep Ricard. Mm-hmm. But yes, it is a question because we haven't seen him back on the field coming back from that hip injury. And, and just like, how big is the fullback role going to be? I think that's the all. biggest question. Like, I think when Ricard gets on the field, he's going to be in fine health and he's going to be. Like I, I don't think that I'm not worried about that being something that like keeps him from playing mm-hmm. at the level that he's capable of. Yeah. I think the question is, what is the role of the fullback in this offense? Yeah, and I, I think you could apply that question also to tight end. Like, what is going to be the role of the number two, number three tight end? Josh mm-hmm. Oliver got a lot of runtime last year. You know, does Charlie Kohler turn it? Is the number two tight end out behind Mark Andrews going to get a ton of runtime? How big of a role does Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely? We thought. Last year was going to have a huge role. Mm-hmm. Still had a very solid rookie season. You know, what kind of, what does that, the tight end rotation look like in Munkin's offense? Yeah. And, and then, then how does fullback fit into that mix as well? I exactly. mean, I think it's all kind of connected. Right. The fullback tight end is kind of all. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right, let's take a quick break and then flip it over to the defensive side. Or is there well, you, didn't give, you didn't give me a, you didn't give me a color. Oh, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I, I mean, it's not, okay. it's green. So I mean, left guard, the- you went green. You went straight green on fullback too. Yeah, just because I think that, like, I mean, Ricard's a multi, it's one of the right. best fullbacks Ricard, in the game. if he's so healthy, is I'm not be worried great. about that. And I'm not really, honestly, like, super worried about the wider or fullback role because I don't think it's going to be that large in Todd Munkin's offense. Yeah. To be honest. Uh, so I will go green on both of those as well. Actually, you know what? Mix it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm going yellow, yellowish green okay. on yellow. the guard. Just because, you know, you're basically like, well, we have Ben Powers 2.0. And I'm just going to be like, well, we don't know that yet. I'm going to go yellowish green on that. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Now we'll take a break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. All right, you're listening to the Lounge Podcast. We're coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. Also, we want our listeners to know that the DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the Ravens, and it has a limited time offer that you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code FLOCK. If you're a new customer, you can get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. That's only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code FLOCK, all right? Also, make sure you play responsibly. And for help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. You have to be 21 or older and physically present in Maryland to play. 
Go check out terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. All right, so we broke down where things stand on the offensive side. Let's go over to the defensive side. Um, the big questions that I think remain defensively, I would say the secondary is still a big question. And is the biggest question on I defense? Think I think it's the biggest question remaining. I'm, on the on the whole team? Uh, it's, it's definitely it's on defense. Between that, well, between that and the pass rush, I think yeah. it's you can make it's tough to say which one is a bigger question yeah. moving forward. I would probably actually say the pass rush. I'll no. go pass rush okay. more than but let's go secondary. Yeah, it's it's a question. Um I mean, the question is, I think one question that we kind of had at the start of the offseason uh, was who ends up being the starter opposite Marlon Humphrey. It's going to be Rocky Scene, and he's going to be the starting corner. Those two guys yeah. are going to be your two starters. Marlon talks very highly of him. Uh, Rock, by all accounts, had a very strong yeah. mini camp. Um, yeah, our guy Cliff, the whole... He's like, I don't know if you can. We kept being like, Cliff, it's going to be Rock. Rock's <laughs> the Rock, baby. Yeah. All right? He's in there. Welcome to the Rock. <laughs> he, he's, How he's many the times guy. can I do that this season? I hope not many. That movie's a fan. That's honestly, The Rock is like a sleeper top 10 That's a great movie. movie of all time. I, it's me. a great movie. I agree. I was a big fan of The Rock. Might even get top five consideration. All right. It's a great film. It's good. Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible Sean Connery right there. Um, but uh, he's good. I think that those two guys are going to be good. Yeah. But who ends up being that nickel? That's the question. And also, do they need depth? Like, do you need to go and get a corner because you just are thin there? Jalen Armour, Davis, Pepe Williams both missed time during the offseason. That's the big question. Like, do you need it? To me, it's who's the third and do you need more depth? Yeah, to me, it's not as much about depth. It's as who's number the number three. Who's playing in the slot? Oh, I actually think the depth might be. Mm. Like, what happens if Marlon gets hurt? Well, yeah, I mean, if Marlon gets hurt, so you need depth. Any, any year, you're pretty. You're in a tough spot if Marlon gets hurt. Okay, what sure. happens if Rock gets hurt? Well, if Rock were to get hurt, then I think that you you lean on probably Jalen Armour Davis. You could put um, Brandon Stevens outside. Brandon Stevens could could would be, but he's been playing safety too. He's been playing safety, but you know he can play outside corner if you need him to. Trayvon Mullen is somebody who Trayvon we, Mullen. You know, I mean, yeah, you'd be hard. Uh, throwing Caillou Blue Cully out there, a rookie would be, that'd be a tough assignment. But like, I'm just saying like you have outside corners and it, I mean, if you, whatever, Daryl Worley took a number of snaps mm-hmm. in, again, in Cincinnati in the season finale, you right. know, like to me, you know, you have Kevon Seymour, you have some of these veterans, like you mentioned, Trayvon Mullen, like you have, um, Ardarius Washington, like he might, if we're talking about slot, he's the guy that's been getting a lot of slot runs. Um, to me, like they brought back some of these veteran pieces that can step in if needed in the secondary. It's less about depth as and and to your point, if Marlon were to go to it's like it's like high end, you know that you can count on this person. They don't have that that number three like veteran, you know what you got kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Right? And like, like Kyle Fuller, who they signed correct. last year, was that. Exactly. It was like if we need Kyle Fuller to step in, he can be that. Like yeah. you had, you had Marlon, you had Marcus, uh, Marcus right. and then you had Fuller, who you were like, all right, like I don't know that any of these guys. He's not really a slot corner, but like he can play corner. Mm-hmm. He's done it a lot. Mm-hmm. 
you don't have that guy really on the team that has like a ton of NFL experience at a high level. Right. So that is the question. But right now it's like, if you were to line up tomorrow, you know, and, and these two things are related, but like who's playing nickel. I think it, I mean, our Darius Washington is, is somebody who I think could end up being that guy potentially. I mean, maybe. I mean, he is this his third year? Right. Former undrafted guy was played safety. Some mm-hmm. you know they've. I mean, Brandon Stevens could do that. Um, they, but Brandon Stevens has been playing safety. I know. To me, that's like the more than left guard. Like I legitimately don't have the like. I mean, the they options could, really. Well, it's I mean, about like fine. I don't know who that guy is. I mean, they could, they could, they've, they've done it in the past. They could move Marlon inside and then put somebody outside. No, that's not happening. That's not happening on a routine basis. No, I'm just saying those are the options that that you're that you're looking at. I um, mean, really, I think it's Pepe. Like, kind of makes the most sense there. I mean, Rock Yassine, you know, was asked specifically, like, what about playing nickel? playing a slot and he was like i'll do whatever it's called upon but i've been playing outside the past yeah i think he's he's gonna be years i would prefer to be outside he's gonna be just like marcus peters was uh, he's gonna be an outside corner that's my expectation i would probably expect that i would expect at the very least i think you can safely say that when there's two corners on the field it's marlin and rock yes when there's three corners on the field if jalen armor davis let's just say were to come out and have a really strong training camp Mm -hmm. like could he play outside and Rock play inside? Or Marlon play inside, which Marlon has or done. Or Marlon play Marlon inside. Marlon has done that. Sure, or Marlon play inside, then like I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I think that would probably, in, in that exact situation, I think that's probably where you where you end up. That's but maybe also, your best case scenario as it stands now. But I just think that there's a lot of questions there. Like There's a lot of assumptions that are going on there. Um, and Jalen Arbor Davis, who I think is really talented, but he's just struggled with injuries his first yeah. one and a half seasons. Yep. So... You know, you want to see him on the field consistently healthy, playing at a high level. The fact that Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams did not get much practice time yet at this to this point this offseason is an issue. Mm-hmm. That is creating question marks in the cornerback room because you thought at least you have two guys, two talented guys here. One of those two dudes is going to really kind of take the next step. You hope both, obviously, and I think both are capable of doing so. Um, but like without having seen it, like how much can you count on that? Yeah is the question. I think the training camp will be big in that. And in terms of Pepe, John Harbaugh said that Pepe expects to be back on the field at the start of training camp, but he will see exactly when he gets back on the field. I mean, hopefully he's ready to go full at the start, but you know, he's, he's got to be back on the field. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, I just know here's the thing that makes it, you know, this is a, a solid yellow for me, if not bordering on a yellow, light orange yeah is you can't be weak in the secondary we've seen that the ravens know this yeah they've been down this road before and they have vowed not to go down this road with cornerback depth and talent and they've spent accordingly yeah they spent a lot of money on on cornerback and obviously you know do they go out and sign somebody is the question mark and who that could be Mm -hmm. um you know eric tacasa could make that move i just think Right now, like if when we're talking, and I agree with your your big big your big picture statement <laughs> that like this is a super bowl contending team that this is a really good team. One of my two biggest questions is: Are they a little too thin at cornerback? Do they have do they have the gun the horses they need at corner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, that, and then you the, don't want to be weak there. And the other one is pass rusher. The other one as, is pass rusher. As you referenced. And based on what I saw from David Ajabo over the course of the offseason, he was one of the bright stars of the offseason workouts and practices. I am buying David Ajabo's stock right yeah. now. And you know me. I'm not good in the stock market. Yeah. I'm actually really I, Now bad. I'm worried. I was feeling confident. <laughs> now, now you're saying that. I'm concerned. Ajabo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ajabo was great. Played high energy. Like, had a little cockiness brashness you know to his game which i liked yeah um and i think that him and Oway really like playing on opposite sides of each other tyus bowser is going to be back you know he was he was limited during the offseason um didn't do much practice but you know i think he's going to be a, a good player of course justin houston as we've said a million times is still sitting out there if the ravens were to give him a call yep so i'm not based on what i saw from a i am less worried than i was two months ago about the pass rush. I would agree. Because I'm like, man, Ajabo looks the part of what you wanted when you drafted him. Yep. Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. And I, I think Oway will take a step forward. I think Chuck Smith, you know, the new outside linebackers coach has been, it's, that's been a hit, a hit of a hire so far. And um, I'm, I'm impressed with them. So, but again, just like cornerback, you don't want to, if you can't get after the quarterback, it's an issue. Mm-hmm. And the leading sacker, the guy with the most sacks from last year, Justin Houston, with what, nine and a half sacks, right. isn't on the team. The guy who was second, had the second most sacks, Calais Campbell, also isn't on the team. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of production to replace there. And right. you hope that Ajabo replaces a big piece of that. I don't think that he's going to get 17 sacks. No, no, but, uh, but, but could, he, could, he get, could he get nine and a half? Yeah, he could. And could Owe take a step? A, that would be a huge Could Owe take a step up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. For sure. And so Owe, you know, between those two guys, if you if, if those two guys develop and play the way that you hope that they play, I think they will make up, and, and if the Ravens don't add anybody there, I think that those two guys would make up for the production from Justin Houston and Clayus Campbell from a sack standpoint. If you get exactly what you would oh, love to sure. get out of those two. Oh, for I mean, sure. Both of, I, think, I think looking at nine and a half sacks for Ajabo, as much as I'm buying that stock, that is that is pretty... That's a lofty... Um, that would be a that's lofty... That's a big goal for really his first real season. That is a lofty goal. Very lofty. Yeah. Uh, I'm still buying the stock. Let me just say. I'm not yeah, sure. I, I, thought you were buy, I thought you were I'm buying here. I'm not sure in the stock. I'm just saying you are, you're like going all in on that I, stock. I, I'm just saying like if, if those... At some point like... You want your young players to develop, and sure. and, and that's yeah. yeah, and I and I think that that's part of the calculation that Eric DaCosta is going to have to make in deciding whether you bring in another player because sometimes you bring in a veteran and that takes snaps away, so that limits the opportunities for an Ajabo to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And you want depth, like you want depth. You need a rotation there. Those guys don't play one hundred percent of the snaps, so like all of that, especially when you're coming back from an from an Achilles second yep. year back from that, all of that is part of the consideration there. But I think that. I just think that Ojabo could be, he could be really, really good this year. I, I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Um, you know, they hope that Matabike kind of takes the next step too. I mean, he was, I think, third on the team yeah. in sex, yeah. tied with Queen maybe. Right. Um, that, you know, he takes another step forward and gets, could he be a seven sack guy? Yeah, would be great. I mean, like he's, playing, he's playing for a contract. So, yeah. Um, which takes us to the defensive line. And the last point here we have on the defense is just, you know, with Calais Campbell, the kind of the rotation and who ends up winning all those reps, you know, I expect that Braddock Washington is going to become a starter, mm-hmm. a full-time starter, really, and that it will be him, Pierce, and Matabike will be your primary defensive line starters. Yeah. But how that whole rotation shakes out, 
uh, how big of a slice of, of the pie does Travis Jones, friend of the lounge, how, you know, Michael Pierce, friend of the lounge. <laughs> we were, well, you were going as a D-line show up yeah. here. Uh, you know, just how big of the pie, slice of the pie, do those big guys eat? Yeah. They eat like pie. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think that Matt Abike is going to have a really good season. I think that he knows that he could have a big payday coming. I think Project Washington could earn himself a nice payday with a strong season. Yep. Um, and I think that Michael Pierce feels like he has some unfinished business. He was off to a really strong start last year mm-hmm. um, before getting hurt. And I think that he wants to – He he's been like itching for a big season for the past few years, even when he was in Minnesota. And injuries have derailed that. But I think that he could have a really strong season. And based on what I saw in, tr- in the offseason, I'm encouraged mm-hmm. You know, by he's Michael Pierce. Shape. So um, and Travis Jones is just yeah a Travis Jones dude yeah I think this defense line is going to be good yeah I'm not so yeah. you're, you're just straight green on that yeah I'm I'm green on the D line I'm a green on the D line too yeah we'll agree on that I, I'll miss Calais I mean I think he was a great player and it would have been really nice to keep him and mm-hmm. the leadership and community all of that stuff the guy yeah and he and he's a, still a really good football player too not just the leader um, so we'll miss that but I think that the Ravens have a good stable of players who can step in there. I would agree with that. So, uh, we've got a couple emails here, Garrett, into the lounge. Uh, this one comes from John Moran. Uh, he says, Aloha, gang, from the land where palm trees sway. Uh, man, every time. Every time John emails, I'm like, man, why am I not in Hawaii right now? I'm already think, thinking about my next vacation, geez. All right, snap out of it, Ryan. Snap out of it. Here we go. All right. <laughs> he wants to talk about outside linebacker position. He says, we have two assuming at the cusp players we hope will break out. Guys, I think we were just talking about their job in way. One established player on a second contract, Tyus Bowser, and one rookie. Okay. Uh, Tavares Robinson. Um, so he says, I've noted three lines above that the, the Ravens are kind of all in now. Let's not do the assumption game with two players who are high school teammates and bring in a vet of a Justin Houston or equal uh, or better player. So he says, he wants to sign a vet. Okay. Better right. outside linebacker is his point. Uh, these are not really so much questions, I think, as... Um, yeah, what's the question here, the, John? This is the wish list. Okay. He wa- he want, he wa- all right, so he wants, to, <laughs> he wants Justin Houston back. Which, Justin Houston makes a whole lot of sense, kind of to your point, really, of like, you don't want to take away too many reps from the young guys. Justin Houston isn't a guy who's going to come in here and be like, I'm Justin Houston. I need mm. to be a starter and I need to play 70% of the snaps. Mm. Like I think Justin Houston will be just fine taking more off his plate. He'll, he'll play as much as needed or as yeah. little as needed. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that signing makes sense for that. Those reasons, but we'll see. Um, number two from John says the cornerback room has two solid vets. Marlon Humphrey and Rocky Yassin. Then behind them, untested young role players mixed in with some not bad vet rotational players. Playing the assumed all-in motto, please don't let EDC and company sell these two points short. So he's basically saying he also wants to add a corner. He wants to add a corner. He wants to add a fast rusher. What else does John want? That's that's all he's got. Okay, all right. He calls them the, his two VIPs, very important perspectives. Okay. Right, look, I mean, we, we broke that down and I could see the Ravens adding. Really, at both of those positions, I could see them adding players at both spots. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah, I think it's a little when you're talking about what cornerback would you sign. I think that Marcus Peters is a little bit different than a Justin Houston, for example. I'm not sure that Marcus Peters signs and says, "I don't really care if I'm a starter or not." Right, right. Rocky, I, I'm just here. saying. I'm not even saying Marcus Peters. I'm yeah, saying I know it could be 
someone who's on the market or someone who gets cut late in the process, um, I think they'll be keeping their eye out in training camp as well. Yep. I would agree with that. All right. And then the last email here comes from Jordan Fitchett. He said, with so many saying corner is still a position of need, do you guys think it's more for depth or the slot position? We already had this debate. It says, also not including uh, what the Ravens already have on the roster, who do you think would be a good fit for the slot that's still out there uh, as a free agent or possible cut slash trade? So like, oh, who could they... I'm, we're yeah. not going to get into the cut trade market because it could be anybody. But who's out there that maybe the Ravens could look at bringing in at corner? You know, kind of to my Marcus Peters point, like, right? Marcus Peters ain't a slot. I, I have no idea. I haven't heard any reports on this. Um, but like Kyle Fuller, the Ravens had last year and he got hurt. I have no idea how he is in his recovery. Baltimore guy, like, would he want to come back here? Does he want to continue his career? Um, he would be one that's an interesting option if, if he's doing well in his recovery and all that. Bryce Callahan, just another name that I'll throw out there. Uh, is a guy that's had a fair amount of experience, including in the slot, 31 years old, played for the Chargers last year. Um, there's, that, that's that's a name. I, I don't want to go down the whole full list here. Anthony Averett, former Raven. Well, but he's more of an outside. He is more of an definitely. But he, an he's outside. an interesting name who's on the market as well. Yep. So uh, thank you for your questions. As always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. If you haven't done so, make sure you're subscribed to the lounge feed. Leave us a rating and review, um, especially if you, you know, if you like our new slang SCI special soft <laughs> tissue issue, leave a rating on that one. Okay. You know, give me a five star on that. All right. There you go. I could use it. <laughs> um, and if you haven't done so, make sure that you check out our Ravens press pass podcast feed as well. You can catch up on all the press conferences and media availability from mini camp and whatnot. There won't really be anything new in there until training camp, but you have a lot of catching up to do from the past week as I have done this week. Uh, getting back from vacation. So nice to be back. Nice to be back with UG Money. Absolutely. And we'll be back with you next week. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.